good morning everyone and a very warm welcome to worship with us whether you're here in the hall or whether you're watching online or listening on the phone line please feel welcome it's still important to keep contacting Maima to let her know if you need your seat or not on a Sunday and on a Thursday, please. So 01294 602410 is the number. And if you can just keep Maima informed, that would be great. The prayer group will meet at the close of today's service. The informal Zoom chat session is now held on the first Tuesday of every month between half past 10 and half past 11. And the next session will be Tuesday, the 7th of December. Okay, so it's a wee bit away. The November edition of the Kirkgate Messenger has been posted and emailed out to everyone who asked for it. So you should all have that. And it's a really good read as usual. So many thanks to those responsible for producing that. It's great to get it. I think the audio is also available, Stuart. Uh, no, no, not quite. Maybe, not quite. Okay. Audio version coming soon. Right. Okay. <laughs> tomorrow at 2 p.m. There's a guild get together here in the hall, and we hope as many people as possible can attend to enjoy a time of fellowship because we've not met for so long, and also to discuss the future of the guild to look at possible options. The craft team is now back meeting every Tuesday afternoon between one o'clock and three o'clock in the church hall. There's coffee and cards on Saturday, so Saturday the 13th of November, between 10 and one, where you can purchase some of their handmade cards and you can have a cup of tea or coffee while you're here. Now, you're all aware how difficult things still are, both between the, the ongoing work in the sanctuary and also the COVID um, virus is still out there. So it's been decided not to have a Christmas fair again this year. Instead, we would be very grateful for any monetary donations for the amount you normally would have spent at the fair. If you are able, could you please put your donation in an envelope and mark it Christmas fair and either just put it into the plate on a Sunday or give it to Jean or any of the fundraising committee. That would be very, very good indeed. Thank you in anticipation. Also, depending on circumstances, we're hoping to have a Christmas tree festival on Saturday the 11th of December. Fingers crossed. A lot of prayers, please, that the sanctuary will be available to us, but more information about it will be given nearer the time. And last but not least, the Salcote Scouts are urgently in need of helpers for all age groups. If you're interested or know anyone that might be able to help out, you can find more information on, there's a flyer out on the notice board at the front door and another one at the kitchen if you want to find out more about who to contact and so on, if you can. If not, it's sadly looking as if the Scouts might fold. So it's all age groups, it's um, the wee ones, it's right from the beavers, right up to the scouts, they're looking for people willing to give some assistance. So I think they've had a lot of people whose work situations have changed recently and are not able to help out. Okay, so that if you could keep that in mind, thank you. Those are all the intimations. Thank you, Vivian. Good morning. Uh, how are you all? <laughs> I trust you are all well, and even those who are joining us from home are also well. How has been your week? Good. 
this past week? Good, busy. Others? Does it all fall in good, busy, okay? Um, is that it? Frustrating. Oh, wow. I was looking for someone to identify with. Uh, mine was good, amazing, challenging, painful. Um, I could use more and more words, but one of the things that um, haunted me is something that I said last Sunday uh, about whether God is at work or not. So that has been a point of, of thought for me. And I think why it was challenging is, you know, I'm, I'm typical a Christian who wants to see God doing things. Uh, and when it doesn't happen, according to how I want it, um, I get a sense of discouragement. Um, so one of, the, one of the things that I've been praying for this week is for God to heal people. Um, not specifically knowing people who were not well, but I've been praying for healing. Uh, and I think maybe I stand to be encouraged if I could hear if God has healed someone this past week. Uh, I don't mean it lightly, I mean it seriously. I, I really want to hear if there's someone being healed because if we pray for something, God will do something. It's either sometimes he will say no or wait or not now, you know, all those kind of things. So uh, I pose the question again, has God, some, has God done something this past week? Um, if not, the prayer group is meeting this this afternoon. Uh, this uh, after the service, I think, please make it a priority as one of the things we want to hear testimonies of God healing people. I've got a number of people on my list. I'm praying for uh, for healing, uh, and if you want to join me, please join me uh, in praying for for the sick. But let's quieten our hearts and be still before God as we continue in our service this morning. Come, trust in the Creator, the one who transforms our distress and anger with silence and searching. We meet in the light of a new day, welcoming the Word of God. The presence of heaven brings peace to this place. Our hearts and our minds are awakened for heaven's purposes to be revealed in this service this morning. Why don't we come singing together 533, will you come and follow me?
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we come together this morning, we give thanks that wherever we are, you are with us. Father, we are reminded of our beautiful world that we are slowly destroying. And as we have heard and continue to hear about COP26, we pray that all the delegates approve the renewal of your earth, that we all must play our part, that we all must share ideas and wealth, that we all must be prepared to change and make those changes happen sooner rather than later. Father, you give us everything, life, love, strength, hope, family, food, and faith. Why is it we are prepared to throw some of this away? For satisfaction, power, or pleasure. Forgive us for the times when we dismiss your voice or your words and do our own thing. Forgive us when we fail to see you at work in us and with us. Father, help us once again to have courage as you gave the disciples, to cast our nets far and wide, to take the good news of your gospel everywhere we go and welcome all into your kingdom. Help us to see you on, see you on the road in front of us, leading us down new paths. Give us wisdom, vision, and most of all, courage to follow you. Father, we surrender to you afresh this day. Thank you that there is nothing that can separate us from you and your love, nothing that can come between the road you want us to go. Help us to travel together peacefully, not just for today, but always. All this we pray in and through our Lord Jesus Christ, who taught us when to pray to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The past weeks have been an adventure for others and a pain for others as we constantly looked at moments with Jesus. I don't know what you've taken out of this, but one more week after today, maybe you will say, oh, finally. Or perhaps you will get to a point of saying, have I had an encounter and a moment with Jesus? And what, what has become of me? The passage we read today is in John chapter 21. And I think of many other passages, I mean, this is amazing. We encounter a tender moment. A tender moment when Jesus again reaches out to his disciples. And specifically at the center of this story is Peter, or Simon Peter as we know him. And Jesus again tenderly cares for him the same way he cares for you. In this passage, we encounter Jesus saying to Peter, Peter, do you love me more than these or more than others, as the Good News translation says? And I think 
some, some scholars have said when he posed that question, he was saying, do you love me more than these fish? Others have said, do you love me more than these other disciples? And I think I'm always fascinated by that passage, specifically because when I read it in the Greek, Jesus says to Peter, and I'm going to further translate it, he says, Peter, do you agape me? Do you know that word agape? It means love without any strings attached. And Peter responded to Jesus and said, Lord, you know that I feel you. In other words, I love you as a friend. And then second time Jesus says to Peter, Peter, do you feel you me? In other words, do you love me as a friend? And then the third time again he asked, do you love me as a friend? And I think just that at the back of our mind will blow us away when we think of what a tender moment it is that Jesus reaches to Peter and say, do you agape me? And he says, yeah, I love you as a friend, that's it. Um, and then he comes back now on his level, on Peter's level, and say, do you? Do you love me as a friend then? And I think Jesus poses the same kind of question to each and every one of us. And I think that's what we face in this passage. Do you love Jesus more than these other people? Or do you love Jesus more than these other things? You know the other things, and I know the other things. We tend to God's word but before we do this, let us pray together. Living God, help us to hear your holy word that we may truly understand that in understanding may we believe and in believing may we follow in all the faithfulness and obedience, seeking your honor and your glory in all that we do through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. John chapter 21, the first 19 verses. Jesus appears to the seven disciples. After this, Jesus appeared once more to the disciples at Lake Tiberias. This is how it happened. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel, the one from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, the two other disciples of Jesus, were all together. Simon Peter said to the others, I am going fishing. We will come with you, they told him. So they went out in the boat, and the, but all night they did not catch a thing. As the sun was rising, Jesus stood at the water's edge, but the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then, then he asked them, Young men, have you caught anything? Not a thing, they answered. He said to them, throw your net out in the right side of the boat and you will catch some. So they threw the net out and they could not pull it back in because they had caught so many fish. The disciple whom Jesus, called, Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. When Peter heard that, that it was the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment round him 
for he had taken his clothes off and jumped into the water. The other disciples came to the shore in the boat, pulling the net full of fish. They were not very far from land, about a hundred metres away. When they stepped ashore, they saw a charcoal fire where the fish were on it and some bread. Then Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have caught. Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net full of big fish, 153 in all. Even though there were so many, still the net did not tear. Jesus said to them, come and eat. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. So Jesus went over, took the bread and gave it to them. He did the same with the fish. This then was the third time Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. After they had eaten, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than the others do? Yes, Lord, he answered, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my lambs. A second time, Jesus said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, he answered, you know I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. A third time, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was sad because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? So he said to him, Lord, you know everything and you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. I am telling you the truth. When you were young, you used to get ready and go anywhere you wanted to. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone will bind you and take you where you don't want to go. In saying this, Jesus was indicating the way in which Peter would die and bring glory to God. Then Jesus said to him, follow me. Amen. And may God add a blessing to the reading of his word this morning. We continue to worship God and this time we are singing 509, Jesus calls us over the Talmud.
another experience with Jesus. And this time, it is a tender moment. If anyone longed to go back in time, it must surely has been Simon Peter. For he must have felt helpless and hopeless, burdened by his past mistakes. And I wonder how many of us this morning are able to look back and regret saying, not saying, doing something, or not have done something. I also wonder, have you met Peter? <clears throat> of course, the, the easiest answer is for everyone to say, of course not. He lived in a time different from us. But once again, have you met him? He would be the one in a group of people who might frustrate you or annoy you with his ever or over eagerness with things. He would be the one who spills the drink. He's forever moving. His hands are always like this when he's wanting to talk at a party or at a place where people are meeting. <clears throat> Specifically, he does this because he's so excited about the story he's telling and he's so enthusiastic and he throws his hands everywhere. That's Peter for you. In case you forgot, he's the one who recognized Jesus first. You might remember him saying, you are the Messiah. The Christ's. But of course, we also know that since then he has not been able to live up to the expectations of him being the one who recognized Jesus first. You may want to remember or recall this in Luke 22, verse 33 to 34, when Peter was boasting. In the Lord and he says something like this Peter said Lord I am ready to go to prison with you and to die with you you remember that Jesus turned to him and said I tell you Peter the rooster will not crow tonight until you have said three times that you do not know me Yet when the time came and Jesus was arrested, Peter, like any other person, they ran away from Jesus. When Peter denied the Lord, that night the Bible tells us that he went out and wept bitterly. Peter was miserable in his new condition. He knew that he had wronged the Lord. He knew that he had violated something very precious and sacred. The fact that he had denied Jesus, even when he was told he would do so. And we also know that after the resurrection, Peter must have been so soaked and so much regretting. And Peter must have been saying to himself, my ministry is over. What Jesus called me for is over. I have denied the Lord, and surely life is not turning to be what I wanted it to be. 
And we see Peter, like most of us, turning to his old way of life. And I'm sure it must have been justified for Peter and others to go back to their old ways of fishing. Well, I'm sure they could all justify themselves. They had a good reason. Maybe one of them could have been saying, well, I have a family to support after all. But bear in mind, Jesus had called these disciples, specifically he had called Peter and others for a good cause. When Peter went back to the old life, unfortunately he took others with him. These others, the other disciples, were not as sold out as Peter had. Surely we can tell from what Peter says when he says earlier on that I will go to prison with you and for you. But also what a shame it is when we feel the need to drag others into some foolish pit into which we have placed ourselves like Peter. He dragged others with him. What's equally said is the fact that there are always people who are willing to be dragged along. Are you one of them? Have you been one of them? People are often so willing to be dragged along and they can say, ah, I didn't see it properly. It didn't make sense to me then. And I often wonder why. Why do things always turn that way? Back to our passage, having appeared to Mary Magdalene in the garden and then to disciples in a locked room on two separate occasions, Jesus makes his final post-resurrection appearance. And in, the John, in, in John's gospel, we are told it, it was at the Lake Tiberias or the Sea of Galilee. Now gathered together were Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, and two unnamed disciples. It must have been a confusing and a frustrating time for the disciples. We need to admit that. Even though Jesus had proved his resurrection to them, things were different now. It was not the same as before. Maybe they did not really know how they could continue the ministry that they had started with Jesus. Perhaps they had had a conversation that went something like this. I just speak a character. Nathaniel might have said, We saw things happening. Nothing of Jesus from Sunday to Sunday during the past week especially after his resurrection, he has disappeared again. He's nowhere to be seen. Do you ever think we will see him again? And he's addressing the fellow disciples. Peter, as typical Peter, might have replied, I've no idea. In fact, I'm getting a little frustrated by his absence. It was easy then to follow Jesus around in throughout the country. But for now, what do we see? 
What are we supposed to do now? Any ideas? Why won't he just appear and tell us what we must do? Peter might have continued to say, this is driving me crazy. And he might have concluded by saying, right, I'm going fishing. And that's what happened. And with that, Peter and the others headed out on the boat and cast their net over the boat, especially on the left side. Now, can you imagine the peace they must have felt that day when they left all the stresses and worries about the future and just getting back to what they are good at? This comes as a temptation to me as well, especially this past week when I wanted God to, to move, when I wanted to see things happening and things don't happen that easy. The temptation was to say, just, just let it go. I can imagine and see the disciples over the night and they are trying their best. All the tactics they have had before. Each turn, the, the net comes back empty. Now, if the disciples were anything like me, I think they must have been even more frustrated by the time they were done throughout the night. I can imagine them throughout the night and I can imagine them. Maybe they take a break. I've never gone fishing. Maybe some would know. But after a full night, they should have been frustrated. And we read in verse 5 and 6 this. Young men, haven't you caught a thing? Throw your net out on the right side of the boat and you will catch some. Those are tender words to frustrated disciples. I'm, this is, I think by now you know that I like to imagine. And in my imagination on a day to day, I imagine hearing these kind of words when I don't see what I expect from God when I don't experience what I expect from God. And I want to invite you to explore this. It can be fun because only you can look to God. Now, having thrown the net over the right side of the boat, the disciples don't find some fish. They find a large quantity of fish. Some versions of the Bible, like the ones we read, it said 153 fish within it. Surely this was a miracle and now the shoreline was easier to see and these two things combined is now bright light. John took a, a closer look and he saw and he peered and he said, it is the Lord. And again, once again here you, you've got another Peter, you've got a typical Peter Peter did what came impulsive to him. He threw what you might call his coat on himself, swam towards Jesus, leaving the other six disciples to struggle back to the shore in the boat. 
Having got to the boat and the net back at the shore, we read in verse 9, the disciples see a charcoal fire there with fish on it and some bread. And at Jesus' invitation, the disciples sit down with him to eat breakfast. And I want to encourage you something that I encourage myself with when you've been through a storm, especially in expectations of what God can do. Whenever you eat, remember him. Whenever you drink, remember him. Doesn't the Bible say that? Now, as they ate, I believe that Simon Peter just might, might have started to feel a bit uncomfortable. Here he was, set beside a charcoal fire with Jesus, and his mind must have been flashing back and forth to a couple of weeks when he was saying to Jesus, I will go to prison for you. I will die for you. And when he denied him, now, as Peter is trying to work out what he could possibly say, Jesus jumps in with the question in verse 15. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? Now, in case you miss it, it's not because Jesus doesn't love Peter. It is because Jesus loves Peter that he asks him, this kind of question. You see, love doesn't ignore sin. Love doesn't pretend sin is not there. Love doesn't find ways to paper over or mask over sin. No. The same kind of questions Jesus asks you and me today. Do you love me more than these others do? Do you love me more than your family? Do you love me more than your friends? Do you love me more than your occupation or your possessions? That's the question for you. And this is a personal question for each one of us. We too, like Peter, will come to that time and place in our lives when Jesus will ask us this fundamental question, do you love me more than others? or more than these things that you see in your life. And I think unlike Peter, we as readers today, we know that Jesus, or I've just reminded you, Jesus has said to Peter, do you love me without a condition? Not just friendship kind of love. And I think that's that for me has kept me going to know that I love Jesus. Whether he performs a miracle or not, I will love him more. And I want to love him more. And the more I love him, the more he's closer to me, the more he will see us through in 2021. The more we will see God at work in our lives, the more we love him without a condition. Well, and you see how Peter responds. How does he respond to this overwhelming display of love? He says, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. You know the world that you made. You know everything in it. You know the human heart. And you know me down to my depths and I love you. Are you able to say that today? That you love God more than anything. 
It doesn't matter because God knows the deepest of your life. And for some, you know, when, unfortunately, when we are asking, do you love Jesus? We're not talking about coming to church. We're not talking about Sunday after Sunday coming here. That's beyond it. When Peter is asked this question, look at what Jesus says. He tells him to take care of my lambs. Peter becomes the good shepherd who is to feed, to care for Christ's followers. That's it. Do you care for others? Or do you have enough reason to say, you know, I struggle on my own and I cannot afford to care about other people. If you don't care about others, maybe you don't love him. Second time Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? Jesus wants to be assured of Peter's love. Do you know, do you think Jesus doesn't know that, doesn't know how much Peter loves him or doesn't love him? And I'm sure you all, you all know this dynamics that he, he knows that Peter loves him as a friend. That's it up to this stage and from there on what comes of this tender moment is that Peter gets to say with all I have I will love Jesus and I'll go out to die for him do you know how he died he was crucified upside down this time that's Peter what about you? Do you love this Jesus so much? In case before you forget it, he has loved you so much and he loves you so much beyond you can understand. You think of your faults, you think of the things that you didn't do well or you're not doing well. Forget that. He cares more than you can imagine. He cared enough to die for you before you were even even thought to be alive today. That's Jesus for you. Again, Peter replies positively, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus tells him to take care of my sheep. Peter is to take care of Christ's followers. A, th a third time, Jesus asking the same question. In asking the question three times, Jesus is asking Peter if he will be his disciples, a disciple that will follow him no matter what costs. And I love, I love the picture that I want you to see in verse 18. And Jesus said, it will not be an easy task to Peter because and this is what we read when you are old and this is quite funny when you are old you will stretch out your hands and someone else will bind you and take you where you don't want to go Peter's death would be hard and cruel 
He would beg to die, hanging on a cross upside down. If you had faced Jesus that day and he asked you these three questions, what would be your answer? How do you respond? And for me, a source of encouragement and, and, and this tender moment with Jesus is this. Whether he does something for me or for this church, I will keep loving him because he loves us beyond measure. What is this to us? Jesus wants you and I to take care of his flock in Salt Coast, in Adroson, in Stevenson. And who are these flocks? Do you know who they are? Some of them have not said, yes, Jesus, I love you. He wants us to take care of those in and around us. We are to share the love, to share the tender moments with others that Jesus shared with us. Because if you've not realized how much he has done for you, oh, you will take it for granted. You will take it for granted. If we truly love Jesus and answer his questions with the word yes, then Jesus will not give us any theological explanation. He will simply say to us what he said to Peter in the beginning before this last encounter. He would say to Peter and to you, follow me. I will make you fishes of men. And Jesus wants to make you a fisher of men. We have got work, friends. Unfortunately, church is not a place of comfort. It's a place to be challenged to go out and fetch for others. That is the gospel. We cannot put the clock back as such like we did two weeks ago. With Jesus, the opportunity is always there to move forward from what he has been and what he does to us. He loves you. And he says today, follow me. Don't be afraid. He will tenderly mold you and shape you to become what he wants of you. All you need to do or to say is to say yes. Yes, Lord. Here I am. In the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we know you love us. You agape each and every one of us. And Lord, we come with these gifts of money, our gifts, our talents, everything that you've given us, we give it back to you, Lord, as a response to your love, which we cannot match up. We pray that, Lord, you bless these gifts of money for the extension of your kingdom in the world, in Scotland and beyond Scotland. Loving and ever-present God, we believe that your grace is sufficient for all things. Comfort us anew by your presence. Allow that in our weaknesses we may be able to be strong in our grief consoled and in our ignorance to be wise. Oh, great God and heavenly Father, how we thank you for your grace on display in the life of your servant Peter. 
We pray that you would help us as Peter to look at the Savior who pursues us and who saves and reclaims those who are astray. May that understanding be coupled with such love from the Holy Spirit in our hearts that would spill over into fruitful obedience, that would bring glory to Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us. Lord, protect and guide us that we may be able to know that we, we come after a good and a powerful God, the one who is the way, the truth, and the life. Safeguard us by your power, upholds us, your kindness and warmth. Warm us with your love that we can be able to pass that love to others. And Lord, without any regret, I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to heal your people right here. Lord, I know you're still healing. You're still doing it. You're still in that business of loving your people. There are some who are at home who are sick. Lord, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we spend a time in quietness mentioning those names of people who are sick at home and those who can't loudly, we can't loudly speak about their, their names, but we, in our hearts, we, we commit them to you, Lord. And friends, in silence, in our hearts, God penetrates through the deepest parts of our hearts, may we mention those who are sick right now and call on the name of Jesus to heal. Oh Lord, your love is beyond measure. Your power is beyond our eyes, beyond our ability. We ask, we are the righteousness of God through Christ. Heal us, O oh Lord. Mend our hearts, O oh God. Help us to be in the right places with our hearts as we continue to follow you. By your grace, bless us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Lord, you have come to the seashore. This is our closing hymn.
biggest end. Love, 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 love wins. Jesus lives and reigns. With hope and joy in our hearts, let us go from here to love and to save the risen Lord. May the blessing of God, the Father Almighty, Son and Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you.